if I told you what that what I put them lads through, you wouldn't believe it. Curling has to be the most difficult, eye-hurting sport I've ever witnessed. Ladies and gentlemen, we've been described as the bridesmaids of Harlan, but today we got married. Oh, there's no rules. This guy just grabbed the ball, threw it up in the air, and then hit it. Both, both of hearts, like, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford, who stuck with us to take a taste. Hello and welcome to the Hurling Podcast. After disappointment against Galway, Wexford will look to rediscover some of last year's form this Saturday as they take on Clare at 2pm in O'Moore Park in the qualifier, with a place in the All-Ireland quarter-final up for grabs. We welcome back friends of the podcast, David Redmond and Willie Cleary, to give their thoughts on how Wexford can get the show back on the road. So lads, are we, are we happy with Clare? We got as nice a draw as we could have got, really. Yeah, um, look at initially, my initial reaction when I got the text this morning was it's the best draw we think we could have got. I think if Cork hit form, they can cause any team trouble. And I think Tip are a wounded animal, much like ourselves, but I think Tip or Tip. Um, I think there's pressure probably on this Wexford team now to, to win on Saturday. Like, you know, we haven't beaten a Munster team in championship in in four or five years since Davey's been over. So it's something I'm guessing he'll want to... You have the, I suppose, the clear backdrop to it with Davy, and then the Brian Lone factor as well. So there's a, there's a lot going into it. But from a, from a pure Wexford point of view, we're hurting from Galway. There's way more in this team. They know that themselves. And I think if we be clear, there's a likely chance we get the losers of the Munster final in the quarterfinal, which could be Waterford if you're, if, if you're going on form. And then if you said to me at the start of the year, would you take Clare and Waterford to get to an All-Ireland semi-final? I wouldn't have said no. So look at it's as good as we as good as we can get, and it's as good as I hoped. But look at anyone's able to beat anyone. So I wouldn't be going in cocky or anything like that. But it's a good, it's a decent draw. If you see a few comments, we put up a post earlier today, and people comment. The old lad said it to me earlier as well. He said uh, Wexford versus Tony Kelly. Like, is is it as simple as that? We stop Tony Kelly and we stop Clare. I I reckon that's going to be a lot of the talk now over the over the next week. Absolutely sure, like. One of the best hurlers in Ireland. I mean, his performance against Limerick was was unbelievable. But still, at the end of the day, um, Claire got beaten. I don't think the emphasis is going to be on stopping Tony Kelly. It's it's it. The emphasis inside in that Wexford dressing room is going to be placed on solely themselves, I reckon, and getting back to the mentality of of, of winning games and 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 how to win games. Like they're definitely not happy with how it did against Galway. So um, they're going to have to fix that problem, obviously. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I reckon the, the Brian Lowen factor and, and Davey is it's going to be probably, it's going to take some of the attention away from, from the players, you would hope. So it's a matter of just going out and performing then. And, I mean, if the matchups are right, Wexford should win the game. And, and if they perform to the, to the way they're capable, we should win the game. So, do we expect any kind of comments in the media from, from Davey or from Brian in the lead-up to this? Do you think either of them will have a go at one another or, or will they just... I reckon they'll be, they'll be very quiet. Look, they're both very shrewd. They're both uh, experienced GA people, experienced with dealing with the media. I don't see any of that. I think, I think Davey will probably have an emotional kind of a, a tie on the game with it being clear and especially with his involvement with Six Mile Bridge last year, so he'll be coming against club players that he just trained four or five weeks ago, you know, but I think he's very quiet, he'll be very much focused on Wexford and getting a performance out of us because I don't think that'll, that'll even come into it. And it's not the first time they got the league game over this year where that was the, the media attention on it. So I don't, I don't see that in, in coming into this game in the media-wise anyway. And when we talk about having a plan for Tony Kelly or what do you do with Tony Kelly and I know Davey said that Wexford were going to focus on themselves number one Limerick didn't look to man mark Tony Kelly too much and he caused the awful damage against Limerick but I think Limerick had enough confidence in their own ability that they can outscore him do, Davey won't do that Davey won't leave Tony Kelly freedom of the park to knock over scores whenever he wants will he? See, what's interesting, I suppose, with the way that Wexford play in comparison to Limerick is 
obviously with Kevin at the back as a sweeper, everybody else then in the backs are man to man. Okay, so he's going to end up Tony Kelly or or whoever Shane O'Donnell. They're going to end up with man markers anyway. Okay, um, that's the way Wexford play. They play man on man. Um, Limerick in comparison play like it's it's zonal marking. And we were all looking at the game and we all saw Tony Kelly scoring these points and we were like, Jesus, would they put someone on him to mark him? Would they move somebody onto him? You know, Sean Finn maybe or somebody that would be probably a tight man marker. But then afterwards, I suppose, I looked at, the, I looked at a, a graphic and you probably saw it, Willie, as well. Um, it was a graphic of the shots or scores taken or shots taken for Limerick. And... It was all in the in played into the, the left left corner forward position, I think, for Aaron Galan and, and the likes. But I think the majority of those balls were struck in from, from Dermot Burns at, at right half back. So Tony Kelly might have scored five, six, seven points, but I think Dermot Burns must have played in ten to twelve balls into the forwards, you know. So I suppose they looked at are we gonna hurt Claire more than what Tony's gonna Tony Kelly's gonna hurt us and you know, it worked for him. It but worked. sometimes, sometimes the way we set up actually goes against us with teams that they know we're going to follow the players. So, like, if I was down in Cork two years ago in the 18 quarterfinal against Clare, and we put Potty Foley as the man marker on Tony Kelly. But what the other Clare forwards then did is they just scattered away from him. So they put... Peter Duggan was right half forward and Matthew. They knew Matthew was going to stick to him. And they knew that, um, was it Sean? I can't remember, was right half back in front of me in the, in the stand, was going to follow his man. So the 10 and 12 just went away, really out wide. And if you watch back videos, Tony Kelly would start deep and make these runs and the keeper would just play him running onto the ball. If you watch the replay that game, the 18 game, because they knew Paddy was going to follow him everywhere. So Tony Kelly took Paddy on loops around in circles, loads of space. Because we weren't marking space, we were marking the man. Claire knew that we, the player would follow us. We can bring them on loops and we can take other players out of the game. And um, I think actually Sean was sweeper, sorry, at that, that time. Uh, I think essentially actually worked against us that day. You know, um, and I think it did work against us a little bit against Galway the last day as well. I think the Galway half forwards knew that if we go really deep, we're going to, Matthew was going to follow Joe Canning. Paddy was going to follow his man. And we saw clips of it, like Matthew and Paddy up in the forwards the whole time. And what it did was, when that breaks down, it's great when that worked. When it breaks down, then it left Galway with a, instead of a four on three, it's like it left them with a three on two. They had Brian Concannon and Connor Whelan and Kevin as sweeper. And the space in front of Simon and Joe O'Connor at times, because they knew our halfbacks would follow, their half forwards went way deep. And it actually... It worked against us in that game. Now, look at it in more games and not it's worked for us and the lads know it inside out. But sometimes it can work against us. And I felt an 18 down in Parky Cueve that day because Clare knew that Potty Foley was going to follow Tony Kelly wherever he went. Peter Duggan and the lads just took Matthew and all away from the centre-back spot. They brought him way out to the sideline and they had this Roman centre-forward and they just puck outs. He was running onto the puck outs because they knew that the man was going to follow him and the space wasn't going to be covered. So it works for you mostly. But sometimes it can work against you. So would you think then, in one sense, because the Clare lads would know Davy so well that they know how we're going to play, and they they would like they would have been probably happy to get us as well as we're happy to get them. Oh Ben, I I, I reckon they're absolutely delighted they got us. Absolutely delighted they got Wexford. Um, like they played us in the league earlier on in February, and they beat us. They beat us by three or four points. You know. Um, I think that day, Aidan Rashford was actually the one that was picking up Tony Kelly that day. And um, near the end, I think he got onto a couple of balls. Aidan had done a, a, a really good job on him, actually. And then Tony Kelly just got onto a couple of balls near the end and um, got a couple of points. But uh, um, I don't think it's got anything to do with Claire and Davy. I think it's just we've played a system now for a long period of time and everyone gets to see it now. And people are, any, any team out there now, we're going to break it down. They're going to have their analysts. They're going to have their different insights on Wexford. And it's absolutely, Galway seem to um, be after figuring out how to play against us. And I saw that 
part as well, Willie, where it was 3v2 in one half of the pitch the last day. And it doesn't matter how tight you are or how good of a defender you are or if you have a sweeper or not. It's very hard to stop a forward if he gets onto that ball first. Um, so, I mean, we're attacking in waves up the field, but if we lose that ball, we're really, really open to a counter-attack. Really open. So, at times, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a time for a, maybe a wing-back just to stay put or a centre-back to stay put. And Like Joe Canning the other day, everybody was saying that Joe Canning was quite... Joe Canning knew exactly what he was doing. And he'd done it back in the Leinster final when we played him a few years ago too. He's just dragging Matthew up the field. He's blocking up our forwards. He's an extra couple of bodies around the middle. And that, that space where he's supposed to be in is being attacked by Conor Whelan and the like. So um, they know exactly what they're doing. And possibly, as I said there a minute ago, we might have to have a, maybe an extra guy to sit back who, with that extra man, would he be a midfielder dropping back and keep the man marking, but just dropping like nearly playing two sweepers? Ah, no, I wouldn't reckon. No, it's not two sweepers. It's it's a simple. I think of just one midfielder that just goes back into the pocket. Whether he's going back into the pocket to get the ball off Kevin, he's just not attacking. He's just. I mean, I. Went playing midfield over the years, there was always one attacking midfielder, one one defensive midfielder, right? It's just a matter of just sitting someone back. I know a few years ago, Willie, and you might notice this too, Derek McGrath obviously played with his sweeper with Waterford. I remember him speaking before about having if one if one wing back attacked, the other wing back sat and wheeled back in around, you know, just for a bit of defensive cover, just just in case there was a counter attack. Um, yeah, what 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 sorry? What you see an awful lot of teams doing, lads, is that say the puck out goes on our right half back, they'll move the left half back in as a sweeper, and the twelve will go back to left half back, and then when they'll break, they'll have extra man to break with, and it frees up a free back to get on the loose ball. You see that with teams as well, like the number, the opposite wing will all drop a line when they see the puck out go to the to the right. If it goes down the right wing, the left wing will all drop a line. Because then when they, they can counter-attack and break. Galway yeah. were excellent at that. Um, I think it was the year they won the, yeah. uh, the All-Ireland. Uh, Patrick Mannion used to drop back, used to wheel around. They, it looked like they were playing a conventional system, but he used to drop back. If, if the other team were, were, were attacking from the opposite wing, Patrick Mannion was left wing back, and he used to wheel back around. And I think it was um, one of the wing forwards used to come Joseph back and Cooney. mark his man. Joseph yeah. Cooney used to sprint back as hard as he could to mark Park Mannion's man. So Galway always had an extra man back. And then they always so. they always ended up with two inside, like a Connor Whelan and a Connor Cooney inside, with a two two on three or a two on two. And that, that you know, there, there's teams doing all those kind of hidden hidden tactics as well in, in order to, to mark to cover space, I suppose. We're already um, seen as defensive, but if we start that we'll be The other day we had twelve players up past midfield at one stage when we had the ball. The problem was we lost the ball. Something I had noticed, and I mentioned it to Malachy Clerken in the last episode, that Wexford are seen as defensive, but sometimes when you saw aerial views of the game against Galway, it was just Conor Whelan, Brian Kilcannon, and their two man markers, and Kevin Foley in nearly from the 65 in. And then that, with the quality of the balls going in from the Galway defenders, it just, the, the backs didn't have a hope. Not and especially not when Conor Whelan was on that kind of form. Yeah, and look and look at it. It could have gone our way too in in defence of the Wexford. Matthew could have ended up at one one from play, centre back. To him, he had a bad wide off his right. He'd be disappointed with, it and he had a goal chance. The, the, the keeper made a great save. There was a free before half time. Was actually crazy if you look back on it. We got a free around our half back line, and Paddy Foley was actually in full forward. Now, when I wasn't at the game in Crow Park, I don't know how he ended up there, but he was actually standing in full forward for the free to come in. So I know our lads are used to the swapping and the interchanging and stuff like that. But I just thought, I suppose, against Galway, it opened up room for Conor Whelan, these lads who are just incredible at winning 25%, 33% ball that's coming their way. Like, they're just nearly like glue to, the, to, the, to their glove, which is, uh, and it kind of gave Joe O'Connor and Simon a, a massive amount of space in front of them to cover. I think, I think a massive factor on, on Saturday, lads, is going to be the weather. 
like you know a more park is very like Wexford Park with the wind you could you know we're in November now we saw the football yesterday we saw the hurling the week before down in Cork there could be a, an eight or ten point wind blowing down a more park on on Saturday and how you set up with the wind how you set up against the wind who makes the most of it with the wind um, all those little things, you know. I, I just think the weather is going to have a huge impact on the championship going forward. I think we saw it in the football. I think if Kerry played Cork on a dry sod in, in Parky Cueve, I think they win. I think the weather is a great leveller, and I think we're going to have to adjust to that going forward. And I think Omar Park on Saturday could be really windswept, no atmosphere there with no crowd there. It's going to be weird on the players. I think it's going to have a huge impact and bearing on, on the championship going forward now. Yeah, there was a huge wind in the in the league game that Wexford played against Clare. Clare, Clare came out the better of it that day. But I, something that I noticed that day, Brian Lone seen his tactics were very, you know, very standard. It let the ball into the forwards and let it in quick. And there's a lot of high balls that went down on top of David Fitzgerald at centre forward. Uh, and he wasn't winning them, but he wasn't letting Matt win them either. I think it was Matt that was on him. Maybe it was Poddy, but they were all breaking. And Clare were getting the likes of Tony Kelly, the likes of Reedy in on the breaks to get the scores. But now I think David Reedy is centre forward now, has he been? They changed a little bit. They, they, he started centre forward against Limerick, but they changed. They had a midfield on Saturday and they had, um, who was it? They had Tony Kelly starting as a drifting centre forward and they put two big lads on the wings. Yeah, yeah. Carl Malone on the wing had a good game, but Colin he was also Boyle, dropping yeah. very deep. So they were lucky enough. They were very lucky. It was a, a last-minute score from a from a cornerback, wasn't it? Like, they conceded... Like, I know we're talking about Tony Kelly, right? Tony Kelly, in the two games, has taken something like... I was reading in the paper this morning, 15 or 16 of their shots. The nearest to him has taken six in two games. Like, they've conceded 3-17 against Leash and 36 points against against uh, Limerick. Like, we, we have to go for them. You know, like, we scored 3-20 against Tipperary. We had 218 scored after 50 minutes when Chin scored that goal. If we open up and we get our game flowing, to me, like I, I think, you know, if we really open up and get our game flowing, we hit, in my opinion, 225, 322, we win this game. But I, I think we're going to have to. Now, I know the weather could play into that as well, but, you know, scoring 18 points, 19 points, I don't see that winning many championship games going forward. You might sneak a few, but. You know, we're well capable of putting up a, a 2.24. And I think if we do, it's clear we're conceding massive scores. David McInerney got a red card. He's going to be suspended. They're missing John Conlon, Peter Duggan, you know, Colin Galvin. That's four of their, their best five players two years ago. So from, from a extra point of view, we need to go up there and sort of be heartened from the Galway game, be heartened from the comments that happened, but go for it. And you know, really put your marker on this championship. The look, lads, we're here now and we're actually want, wanting to make an impression on the championship. It's something that I noticed, Leash as well, when you're talking about going at them, Leash, when they ran at Clare at the weekend, they looked to really cause them problems. So you would expect that to be a target. And then the three goals as well, Clare didn't look very convincing in the, in the trying to stop the goals, trying to protect their goals. So you imagine that it is something especially with the running game being a strength of Wexford, that that's what they'll do. They'll try get the running game going, get the overlaps going, and just go at them. Yeah, you're right, Gary. Alicia are actually um, very adept at that running game. Actually, they're really good at it. Um, and I think they got, a, they got a goal there. There was a lapse of concentration there uh, from the wing, the clear wing back, the wing forward, uh, made a deep run. And he got on it, and they, uh, they made a goal. But like it was complete and utter lapse of concentration by the the Clare wing back. Um, I think it's his first year. But uh, there's loads of space there. Clare defenders are there to be attacked. Um, our forwards are definitely strong enough to be able to take them on. But it's how we attack is important. You know, you know, we if we have twelve number, if we have twelve bodies standing up in their half of the field, and we we're, and Kevin Foley is trying to pick out players then that's not going to work that's what killed us in the in the Leinster final against Galway a few years ago it's about timing the run from deep and attacking in twos and threes and, and in waves from deep that's how we beat these because they are like, Claire, Claire have a couple of players there 
they are very liable to foul when they ran yeah. when, when you run yeah. at them very liable and we saw that even even going back to 2014 when we beat them in, when we beat them that day in in Wexford Park like uh, it was when guys ran at Clare Lee Mogue McGovern and all like everybody Paul Morris just ran at him it's probably we're probably looking at going back to going back to basics really in a way and from a defensive point of view our defenders have to just go back to the basic stuff of being touched tight and and taking their steps when they win the ball and um, maybe when they've done that then maybe look at look at attacking and looking at getting up the field focusing on those basics and, and being really tough and aggressive and and bringing a lot of passion to it and same thing with our forwards is when they get the ball they just take on their man and there's always a support player left and right there's always someone up front who wants the ball and and then I suppose we saw from Cork the other day like talking about seeing two sides of Cork over two weeks <laughs> like when, when when Cork lost when, when Cork lost the ball we saw Declan Dalton absolutely breaking his balls to get back and hook a guy you know we we need to see that with our forwards in the first <clears> few minutes. An absolute intensity um, from the forwards where they're ravenous and how they're going to win the ball back. And when we win that ball back, then it's about scoring all the time. Get the ball over the bar. Because that's a sucker punch. In, that's a sucker punch all the time for the opposition team. And you mentioned the weather there, Willie, and you're right. It's a huge factor. And back in February in the league game, the weather was quite poor and it was hard to get shots off. But if you've noticed... There's a lot of commentary out there at the moment about the game is nearly like basketball, you know, like a shot where there's a shot one end of the field, then there's another shot, it's up and down the field. But it generally is the team that gets the most shots off is the team that comes out on top at the end. So are we creating enough scoring chances? Um, that is something that I think we need to focus on, that the scoring chances and the tackling intensity is, is, is huge. It's something that, it's again... It was a point made by Malachy Clarkin as, you know, possibly something that Wexford missed against Galway. And that was the crowd. And when you talk about, you know, starting strong and the forwards tackling with intensity at the start, you, you, you normally say that, you know, to rise the crowd, but there, there's no crowd to rise, you know. And, you know, Wexford, are, are Wexford missing that? Do they, do they gain momentum from, you know, winning a big free and you know some of them like a fist pump there too <laughs> no, you're, you're you're spot on and it's something i kind of said looking at the game we're a county that really really feeds off the crowd where it nearly adds five or six points to our game in some games you know that when when we win it free the crowd are up sir and we have these players at the minute we probably had them larry always won 20 years ago and probably liam ryan is like that when we see Liam Ryan bursting out of defence and hitting a lot of shoulder, the whole crowd rises to it, you know, and it, and it really yeah. kind of erupts uh, with it. And that's not there at the minute. I found it very weird. I had to say in the club championship, like I found uh, having no crowd, especially for the final, I remember there was no one at it, like not even 100 people are, that were at it. And it was just just eerie, just just weird. Now, maybe they're more used to it now from playing challenge games and, and the Galway game and Stanton and Crow Park, but... It, you don't get that same rise or that same adrenaline buzz when you do something good or when something goes your way. And it's probably something that we feed off as a county. We're very much a passionate county in, in, in that respect. So the players are going to have to get their heads around that and, and sort of, I suppose, they have at this stage and just get used to it and get used to kind of the process that they go through during the games. I'd imagine it would be important for the line and even all the substitutes to be as close to the pitch and shouting everything and shouting them on and giving that little bit of a roar if someone does something good. I heard the Dublin game against Kilkenny and even when Dublin were getting hammered, I was watching it on GAA Go and you could hear them, that the line, they never stopped shouting, they never stopped encouraging and, you know, Dublin came back into that game. It's, it's again, something Malachy Clarkin said, Galway were loud. They were a lot louder than Wexford during that whole game. Do the line need to get involved in trying to build up spirit, build up momentum? Back, uh, back before the, the initial lockdown, I was up at a, a senior training session in, in the front Centre of Excellence and there was a 15-on-15 game. And it was, I think it was literally like a couple of days before we were locked down, but it was unbelievable, the intensity from the sideline. 
Davey had a couple of guys on his team and there was a couple of other selectors over at, over the other team and the intensity was surreal, you know. I said Wexford, <laughs> I came out of Ferns that evening saying Wexford are going to win the All-Ireland. I've never seen a training like that before in my life. Um, and the players were, the players were in the zone and like the game was, it was fiery as well, you know. There was guys competing strongly for, um, for places or whatever, but just the energy the energy in the entire session like was just surreal so like there was no crowd there you know the lads were just competing um and they were trying to get on the team obviously but it does help it does help and you you'd often hear you'd often hear uh, Jurgen Klopp the Liverpool manager talking about giving that extra little bit of energy to the to the players near the end of a game in a tough game where he's always always encouraging them and shouting shouting to them like yeah I reckon we're probably going to see that from the from our own management because there was probably a little bit of talk about him being quite. I saw Shane Dowling put up a post, I think, about the Wexford sideline being very quiet. So I reckon it won't be quite this time around. And I listen, and, and I, I saw Tyrone were playing football recently, and uh, every time there was a free, the whole Tyrone team were cheering and shouting and roaring. No. Did that do them any good? I'm not sure, but it it does it does help. It obviously does help when you're a player and you've done something good, especially when you've done something that doesn't require great skill, like it like a tackle or, it, or you're chasing somebody back or you win a dirty ball or a rook that your team come in around you and they slap you on the back and and um, they you hear that words of encouragement from the sideline. Like it it, it can be huge and it is a great lift. Probably lads, we didn't see enough of that from our own players either on the pitch. We saw it at the beginning. Lee Chin scored a scored a scored a great point, and we saw Dio Keith sprinting and tapping him on the back. But probably wasn't enough of that. And players themselves know they need to improve on that and just just drive each other on. I think though, Dave, like like I agree hundred percent. I think though, even more, far more importantly than that sort of stuff is like the players know themselves that they didn't hurl well individually. Like if you were to ask, if you were to talk to some of them, like Deal obviously be very disappointed, Lee Mogg would be very disappointed. I'd say most of the forwards and some of the backs would be very disappointed how they played the other day. So from their own personal point of view, was there's a massive amount of improvement in us. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I like some of our lads hurled out of five out of ten, six out of ten the last day. They're going to want to get back to the eight nines out of ten, knowing how they play. Personally, I don't see that improvement in the clear players. Now I don't know enough about them. But like they have a half back line there at the minute, the last day, Stephen O'Halloran, Shane Amori, and Aidan McCarthy. Like for me, I'd be going after that. So I'd be putting Jack probably 10, Rory 11 or Lee 11, and the other one 12, the opposite, and really going after them. And Limerick got 14, 15 points to play and finding our form again, you know, getting our players onto the ball and, you know, really, really kind of um, lads having a chip on their shoulder about how they played the last day. And what are we going to do? Two, you know, two games after the tip game last year, we're going to go out with a whimper here, like in the championship. If we lose on Saturday, lads, we have gone out with a whimper. You know, yeah. we, we've got hammered by Galway and we've lost the clear up in Amore Park. So I think there's an awful lot more improvement in our lads. And I hope that we'll see it on Saturday. I think we will, because I know the characters and they're great, they're great lads. But there's, from my point of view, I'd be really looking for them to find their form again. Like you said, David, about the backs, all throughout the team, go back to basics. Get on the ball. Do the right things with the ball. You know, get on the ball and score. Like, you know what I mean? Because Mac was doing an awful lot of work the last day, half forward or nearly half back at times. You know, get on the ball, Connor. Put over your four points from play. Put over your three points from play. You know, we won a Leinster final last year and Mac scored four points from play. 2-1 from playing an All-Ireland semi-final. That's what we need out of him. Like, you know, the O'Keefe chipping in with three points from play. That's where these lads are at their best. And I think they need to find their form again. And I do think it'll come out. I think there's more improvement in us. And that's why I would think that we will win on Saturday. But again, it'll come back to... I suppose we've no, we've no trend of, of how things are going. But that, that's what I'd read into the game. We've more scope for improvement. You mentioned Jack O'Connor coming in. Would you see any other changes? And who would you be having Jack in for? Um, I'm not sure. I just think if you look back over Davy over the few years, I think when we've been at our best, sometimes Jack has, Jack has been right half forward. He's been in that 10 position. And for some reason, he kinda, he's on the team, he's off the team. But I remember two years ago in the league, we played him down in Wexford Park and Jack absolutely cleaned out a wing-back Mike O'Malley in the air in front of in the stand and he rose the whole crowd. Lee was left half-forward that day. 
Um, and the two of them just went to town, 10 and 12. They, they cleaned. And, like, from my point of view, if they have a young debutant this year, Stephen O'Halloran, put chin on him. You know what I mean? Go after them. Like, hammer their weakness. Like, you know what I mean? I know we say hammer the hammer, hammer their strengths. But hammer their weakness, too. Aidan McCarty, I think he was, he's only 20 years of age. Yeah, he's a good prospect. Uh, now, maybe Dermot Ryan come in. Dermot Ryan is actually very good. I'm surprised to see him as so, a sub the last day. And he's been a natural halfback underage, even though he played wing forward last year. But, like, I'd be going after them and, and attacking them and going for, like, even Mac there. Like, you know, who, Rory Hayes, Connor Cleary, Paul Flanagan in the full back line. Jesus, get the ball in. Paul Morris, the same. Go after these lads and put panic into their, into their psyche. Put panic because they're going to be mentally frail. They're, they're getting the backlash and clear and they're getting the the confidence, and they know, no matter how much Brian Lone is in the dressing room, saying we've everything right and this is solid, they know themselves that David McInerney, Colin Galvin, John Conlon, Peter Duggan are missing. And that's, that's the equivalent of us missing Liam Ryan, Lee Chin, Paul Morris, and Dee O'Keefe. That's the equivalent of us missing those four. So there's going to be mental frailties there. So that's why I'd be very much go after them, attack the game, put up the score as much as you can, and you know, that, that's the way I'd be looking at the game anyway. Yeah, and would you see any other changes? Yeah. Uh, be, maybe he will now. I, I, see, I see them giving him another chance. I'd say they all got the kick in the hole they maybe needed the last day. And, and to be honest about it, and I, I said it to you kind of on the last time I was speaking to you, is we probably dined off the tip game too much over the winter and, and the year. Like, I think the 50-minute performance against tip last year, you know, we all got excited about, about it, how good we were in that period. And, Maybe that seeped into the lads. We were going into the Galway game with an awful lot of people tipping us. Like, Cyril Farrell was on with G tipping us. And, and Galway were lying in the long grass. And, you know, what if Galway lost? One or two championship games in four or five years. So, like, it was all set up for Galway to come at us and kind of take us that way. Now, I thought we'd be, it'd be closer. But, you know, it was all set up for Galway. But um, in changes, I think Davey will be loyal. I think Davey's going, they're going to get their kick in the hole. And he'll be hoping that they'll get the reaction. He'll be hoping that some of the lads won't be as poor again and, and they'll really, they'll have the hurt inside their stomach and, and they'll perform. I could be wrong, maybe Hayden Ratchford will come into it, maybe David Dunn will come into it. Um, maybe Damien Reck, Damien Reck could come into it now. Um, he could come in to it, but uh, I'd see Jack O'Connor possibly starting and possibly Damien Reck, otherwise I don't see any changes. And David, you would have been at a hell of a lot of the club championship games would, were you surprised not to see any more of the players being brought into the panel? Or do you think that Davey had to stick with the panel that he knew, given the circumstances? Yeah, listen, there was definitely uh, an outcry for uh, a lot of new players, and especially a lot of the Sheldon Lears players to be called in. I suppose, certainly the year that's in it, it's very, very different. Like, and the, the way Wexford play is very complex. And it doesn't just take, you can't just come in like in the first year and, and make an impact, you know. Um, unless you're absolutely exceptional, like Rory O'Connor was back when he made his de- made his debut that day um, against Waterford, like you can't just waltz into that. It generally takes two or three years to get into it to a top team, and Wexford are a top team when they're fully functioning and going well. A games like this is normally when you see a bolter, but you know a, a new player coming out coming out of nowhere. But I don't see it. Um, there's probably not anybody there. At the moment, possibly Mikey Dwyer, he brings something different. Probably hasn't gotten a whole lot of game time. I know he came on the other day. It was great for him getting the debut and everything. But uh, I'd say I, I'd agree with Willie. I reckon he's going to stay loyal with the group. Um, probably wasn't easy, as he said, coming off the back of that tip game last year. Like it's been that's a long, long, long time ago, and Wexford have been tipped and spoken about on every podcast every um, newspaper for months like you know they've been built yeah. up put up onto a pedestal guys that went from you know say average hurlers to superstars just because of talk you know just because of talk and it's not their fault obviously we've forgotten as well that there was a couple of cases you know within the group you know the COVID, COVID cases you know that couldn't have been easy um, for a lot of the players Um that's a huge thing, like, you know, I even saw it ourselves with the under-20s, like, when we were impacted with the with, with COVID, like, it wasn't easy to prepare, not one bit. Um, but, 
Listen, I reckon it'll be a different team altogether now this this weekend. Totally different team. I know that they tore into training the other night. Um, I'd say there wasn't a whole lot of uh, analysis done after the Galway game. I'd say that was just parked, forgotten about. I'd say it was literally the guys drove the train and got out of the car. They just wanted to train and it was simple as that. There was no talk. There was no recovery. There was none of that. It was just, I want to train. I want to make amends. Um, so, there'll definitely be a big kick in the, in, in, in the team. Another thing to get right, I suppose, we're not saying, you know, we always hear the usual, go back to basics, you know, drive, <laughs> drive the ball down the field or, um, or uh, just get rid of it. They still have their basic principles that they need to follow. So I suppose they're the basics that I'm talking about. This Wexford team have their own basic principles that they've been taught from uh, day one, the day Davey came in. So it's a matter of just going back to those now. There's a few key ones that they're very good at. Just a matter of just going back to those basics. You'd hope that like the, the insight Davy has on these young Clare lads has to come into our reckoning. Like you know what I mean? That like we don't really know a few of their young lads. You know Stephen O'Halloran, Aidan McCarthy's, you know Rory Hayes, and these lads. Like we don't know what makes them tick. But Davy know these inside out. You know even with Six Mile Bridge, he'll been planning against them in club games. So surely he, you know, matchup boys. Davy should Davy should have the upper hand matchup boys. You know, like who's best suited to, to go on Shane O'Donnell? Who's best suited to go on Aaron Shanner? Who's best suited up, up front to go on different players? And who, you know, what's the weakness of that back? You know, Davey will have more insight to, to Clare than anyone compared to what Clare will probably have on us. And I know Clare knows well at this stage, but not to the extent Davey and all these Clare lads inside out. So you would hope that would stand to us as well. Yeah, and I suppose Brendan Bugler there as a coach as well, who was only in the panel a year and a half ago and still playing against them as, as Davey is playing against them as a coach of Six Mile Ridge Bugler is playing against them in the club yeah is there any taking Clare for granted any complacency fears especially with the way that you just talked about them how <laughs> how, how they're, they're missing all these lads that they're having a hope just go at them no I, geez, I, I definitely don't think they have having hope I think they've, they've a great <laughs> hope and going back to Going back to what Ben said earlier, Clare will be delighted they got us. Yeah. You know what I mean, like Clare will definitely be thrilled that they got us ahead of Cork and Tipperary. But um, I just I don't think I don't think anyone's going to go with that complacency that we're definitely going to win this game. I, I think we don't know where we're at at the minute. I think Clare probably don't know where they're at at the minute. But I think we've more leaders on the field. We've more room for for improvement, scope for improvement than possibly they do. But like we've a terrible record against Clare, bar fourteen. You know, the 14 game in Wexford Park when we won it. Like, 2005, 2006, remember Andy Daly? They gave us awful hidings up in Crow Park. 2003 or 2002 up in Amore Park. I think we, we ranked Kilkenny close. Then it's we played them after and they gave us a good beating in Amore Park. Like, I don't remember, and we haven't played them a whole lot in championship, but I don't remember us having a massive up, you know, record of beating them. They're, they're probably more confident that they beat Wexford than maybe we are of them. We don't see any complacency. We know the quality of some of the hurlers they still have on the field. But I suppose from our point of view, it's, it's very much focusing on ourselves. What's in, our indicators to get right? What's our process we need to get through? And, and using the hurt from the Galway game as motivation to look forward to the championship. And as I said, there's a, there's a strong probability that if you win this, you could get Waterford the next day. Again, a 50-50 game, but very winnable. And, and the whole year can open up for you again. So... The players will know that. Like some of these players now are thirty, thirty-one. There's not too many years. They can't just let years slip by and say, "Oh, we'll we move on to 2021." It doesn't work like that. So these opportunities come along. You got to take them as they come. And I think we have a huge opportunity on Saturday if the lads find their form again and and, and go back to um, to the Wexford we know. So we four, we four lads tipping Wexford. Oh, yeah, I'm certainly tipping, uh, tipping Wexford. Absolutely. Um, I think there's going to be a big kick in them. And as Willie said, they're a very experienced team. Like there's a lot of lads that played back in 2014 when we, when we were nearly afraid to win back in 14 in Wexford Park. You know, it was a different team that time. You know, we, I mean, Clare were down to 13 men and we, we, just, we just got over the line, you know, the second bite of the cherry. They're definitely going to be focused on themselves. And I, I'm, whether it's only a point or two, you know, that'll be enough. I'm firmly in the Wexford camp too. In terms really? of, I think that I think they'll win. 
Yeah, I I think we'll I think we'll win. I just I just hope we're not naive and thinking the form is just going to come back. You know what I mean? I, I hope I hope we're not talking in a, a few months' time saying we were naive thinking oh sure it just come back, the form will come back. I I think it is in the lads. I think there's more scope for improvement and I think we've more leaders than them at the minute. So I I'd back us to win it at the minute, yeah. It's again something that Davy said afterwards, like he he was actually shocked at Wexford's performance. He said like that's a one percent performance. So you couldn't see him being like that again. And you'd imagine the two weeks that they've had that they've gone through a fair ring morale and training to get him right. So Ben, you're you're Wexford as well. Oh yeah, four four Wexford tips, but we're not complacent. We we know we're not biased either. <laughs> <laughs> no, that one be. Are are Cork back lads, or did they play the Dublin not turn up? I definitely don't see this Cork team winning all Ireland at the minute. I think, I think they can be got at too easy. I think that they're inconsistent. I think when they flow, they're they're brilliant, and they've some incredible forwards. Um, they have a good panel in terms of subs like Conor Lahan coming on the other day Alan Gadigan not there but I just think I think Tip will be hurting I think Tip will beat them um, I think Tip Sheedy has you know I know he's lost once or twice to them but I think he'll have Tip right for this game um, I, I don't I don't I, Cork can win over one or two games I don't see them doing it over five or six games that's the way I'd look at it the two years being coaches and haven't been over teams, what do you say to your team? Like, what do you say to Cork when the media keeps coming out and criticising you for being like flaky and for only turn not not turning up when it's really put up against you and going missing and stuff? What do you say to your team when that keeps being put up to you? You probably have to be honest with them. To be honest, yeah. To, to, to be simple, really, yeah. There probably is one or two guys within a squad like that that. That when the pressure does come on, you know, they probably do go missing. But I suppose, you know, if they don't know, or if no one, if, if someone doesn't tell them, they'll never know, and they'll just keep, uh, they'll just keep uh, hurling that way for the rest of their career. But there was definitely somebody, there was definitely some players, some experienced players for Cork, and that has been mentioned about them, like Lahan and Cadigan, mostly Lahan. That has been mentioned about him especially, um, over the last number of years, whenever Cork have been beaten. So it's no surprise to see a few of those guys um, put back onto the bench and replaced by um, young and um, hungry players. Like that's, it, it generally, a kick up the arse generally works. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lehan is one of those players that you can look at sometimes thinking, my God, like he's just unreal. And yet, they're the only team in the last years who've been able to live with Limerick. Over a course like in the 18 semi final, they should have beaten Limerick. You know, they were five or six points up and went extra time, whatever. Last year, they bet them in the championship, didn't they? Down in the Gaelic grounds. Yeah. You know, so like they've been actually the one team that's actually been able to live with Limerick. It's whatever way the style is. I don't know. It's whether the two teams, the suit and the openness of the hurling and, and the skill of the hurling coming out. But, Do you think um, it's a psychological thing, um, though, Willie, from. from uh, from Limerick's point of view, whenever they play Cork over all the years, well, I don't think Cork are lacking from the psychological point of view anyway, because I think you know whenever they go out, they think they can beat anyone. The Corkness they talk about, but um, yeah, maybe from a Limerick point of view, but I just I think Cork could do it if there was a six-game block. I think Cork could win three games, possibly four games, but I don't see them beating Tip, Galway, Kilkenny, and. Um, Limerick to win in All-Ireland I think somewhere along the way they'll get caught out Well lads another thing to focus on as well Cork <laughs> Cork there's no better team in Ireland you know when the pressure when, they, when there's not an intense pressure put on them you know they will hurl all around you you know lads like Mark Coleman and uh, Patrick Horgan and these guys Cork will score from everywhere if you stand off them in Dublin Dublin probably didn't have that, didn't have the energy to compete. They probably didn't have the same pace. Um, they didn't have the same urgency. Maybe they left that on the pitch against Kilkenny the previous weekend. Um, like Mark Coleman is an excellent hurler, but he was dancing around players um, and getting away without a hand being laid on him. So there is definitely something in the championship of three weeks, in, three weeks on the trot. You can come under pressure there big time, I think. 
happened us back in fourteen when when we when we beat Clare, we beat Waterford, and then we we uh, came up against Limerick then, and um we just weren't at the pitch at all. Like we had no energy, um no urgency, and we just didn't hurl at all. We might as well have stayed at home, to be honest. So is that something else that can go against Cork? The fact that this will be their third week in a row, won't it? And Tipperary had one game and a week break, two week break. Yeah, yeah, it, it definitely could go against them that Tip have, have. It's hard to know how that's going to fall, isn't it? You know, like having the week off or not having the game. Cork could come in bouncing from the last day, kind of their confidence back now, feeling good about themselves. Or they could go in tired and maybe a little bit flatter, been out the three, the three weeks in a row. You know, and there's loads of different factors to it, isn't it? Like driving on your own to the ground, you know, like all that sort of stuff, like all the, the different, how you feel, the energy going into the game. Do you know when you meet up, usually you have your breakfast together, then you get on a bus together, and the energy starts to ramp amongst the players, you know, amongst the unit themselves. You know, that 15 minutes before you get off the bus, the bus goes quiet and you can start feeling that energy. That's not there yeah. now. Like you're, you're getting out of the car, listening to the radio, and you're within half an hour, you're out on the pitch doing a warm up. It's, it's 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 a completely different dynamic this year as well. So I don't know how I, I haven't experienced that, so I don't know how that how that's working for the players or some of them hating it or how it's working, but just it's just an odd year for all that sort of stuff. I'd say uh, I, I'd say I'd say Liam Sheedy will be happy will be happy in one way, um a bit like last year, that um he'll have Tipperary well driven for, for this game, you know. Cork after putting on such a such a big show and and everyone talking about Cork now, and um, I'd say he's he's happy enough where he is at the moment. He'll get stuck into them, and they'll be well up for the game. You'll probably see a different tip. The only thing that could go in Cork's advantage is how did Cork learn from Parky Cueve last year? Do you know, like Tipperary tried an awful lot of things on puckouts that day. They tried an awful lot of new things because it was Sheedy's first game back since you know they they hadn't been exposed to them yet. I'm sure the Cork lads will have watched that video repeatedly now the last, like from today on for the next few days. And I don't see the Cork lads following for a, a Noel McGrath short puck out. And I had to say, I thought Andy Nash's puck outs on Saturday against Dublin were exceptional. You know, God, he was hitting Harnady on the run. I don't know, maybe Dublin were naive to it. I don't know, but he was, the half forwards were moving and he was hitting them on the run, sweet as, and he was hitting half backs and stuff like that. So it'll be interesting to see what Cork learned from last year. And whether to take that into into this weekend, I think Dublin really couldn't bring the intensity last weekend. So I don't know if Cork are actually back, you know, to the way we we think they were from playing a Dublin team that was a bit tired and probably battered and bruised and all. Dublin might have been tired, but you still saw the work rate from the likes of Decky Dalton when he worked like like Trojan work to win the ball back when it looked as if he couldn't make it. And stuff like that, and there was there did seem to be energy from the some couple of new players that were brought in, and the speed of Jack O'Connor, who who was it? He made Paddy Smith. He made Paddy Smith look like a junior B earlier. <laughs> yeah, but it was terrible defending though, wasn't it? Like if you looked it at the setup, like there was no centre back back, there was no one covering back. It was like three on three, and Cork played. If you let Cork play these diagonal balls into the corner forwards and leave forty yards, fifty yards of room in front of them. As David said, they'll tear you apart. Like they're just such good hurlers, but I don't see Tip allowing that happen. But, but like um, Dublin, Dublin didn't know what tactics they were starting with. Like yeah. you know, they went ten minutes man on man at the backs, and then when the pressure came on, then and and the Cork had scored a goal, then they reverted back to the sweeper with Connor Burke, mm-hmm. isn't it? But they did the same the Saturday before against Kilkenny. My experience for the sweeper, you either start with it or you you don't. You know. And that's another interesting dynamic as well. Cork played very well because they had Mark Coleman in that in that pocket getting on. I think he got on thirty possessions, right? Which is surreal, you know, absolutely surreal. So what happens the next day? Are Cork won't actually play with him as the spare man back, or are they going to revert to six backs and Mark Coleman wing back or midfield or something? A controversial statement there, but I think we'll find out how good of an All Ireland tip won last year, like. They got absolutely blitzed in the Munster final by Limerick. They got leashed in the quarterfinals. We should have beaten them. We should have beaten them in the semi-final. I think we'd all agree on that at this stage. And then they bet a 14-man to Kenny in the final. So without taking away from the glory, they're going to have to back up that All-Ireland victory now by going beating the, the Corks, Galways and, and Limericks to really cement how good of an All-Ireland it was won. 
Because I, I still worry about Tibbs' pace, and I think Cork could get at him with their pace. But I do, I do fancy Tip to, to beat them. Tip are not great at doing back-to-back our learnings, though, if I'm, if I'm correct. Who is? Yeah, we're not very good at it either. <laughs> no, we're not. No, we're not. If we could just get one, really. One for this bunch of players would be fantastic. It would. If, if, you, were, if you were to only get one, it, it would be a shame if it was this year. I mean, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say don't go win it this year, but it would be a shame if it was this year. Telling you, Mayo are going to win the football. Mayo are going to win the football this year. It's going to sum up 2020. The reeling in the year would be Mayo with Sam McGuire and no one there for them to get in. I'm telling you, Mayo and Dollar. Some listeners mightn't like this, but um, as, a, as a Liverpool supporter, spent many years saying this will be our year. And finally, we got it in this year. So I, I, I never say never, you know. If you're to win this, if you're winning all Ireland any year, you take it. Absolutely. But, um, uh, what do you, what did you think, guys, of uh, your man Robbie O'Flynn's performance? Wing forward was, for Cork. He's a different, he's a different type of a Cork player, isn't he? He was incredible. The first score he got, where he caught the ball on the sideline and then ran about fifty yards and put off, put over the bar off his hurl. Yeah, it was some score, wasn't it? He'd remind me of Lahan going back seven or eight years ago. Do you remember seeing Lahan in the county final with Middleton? I think it was against Sars about eight. He must have scored two eleven, two twelve centre forward. They couldn't handle him, and we were kind of waiting for this explosion of a player. Like I thought, Robbie O'Flynn looked like a young Lahan the other day. That pace and power and scoring from distance, because he was he was exceptionally good. Now, I think uh, yeah, I think he's got a bit more grunt to him though. Um... He's definitely going to win those dirty balls. Um, he was breaking tackles. He was very physical. I think he got um, player of the year down in Cork Club Championship a couple of years ago. But he's a he's a bull of a man, like a bull and very direct. And um, as I said, not a typical Cork player. Like five points from play, like he had. I don't know who he was marking wing wing back, but like, I um, he was left on him. He was left on him until about 50, 50 60 minutes. But, uh, Probably going to be the most traditional game, isn't it? As well, like two teams that genuinely like six two six. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, like Cork genuinely do like playing traditional. You know, I know the centre back might not move out of centre back and stuff like that. Tipperary, I know Noel McGrath might sit back and they might try and create a two on two inside for Callanan and these lads. But there, there's two very traditional teams. You're not going to see a massive amount of sweepers or lads covering back throughout the game. Um, but again, you know, it'll come down to weather. It'll come down to, uh, you know, form. But unfortunately, none of us know the form, really. We're, we're only guessing on, on one or two games. What did you make of Kingston's steps? The free out oh, for the Paddy steps? rugby tackle. He had his head on the wrong side, lads. <laughs> yeah. As refereeing decisions go, it's, it's probably one of the worst. <laughs> For just an obvious mistake, like the lucky wasn't a close game because I think yeah. the Cork lads would start laughing. They were about nine points up at the time, but if yeah. it was a close game, they would have gone, uh, they would have gone berserk about it. I'm sure it was a crazy, crazy tackle, it, sure. It's definitely a talking point, though, lads. And I wouldn't be one now to be listening to this talk, but uh, we we're probably guilty of it ourselves, maybe with a couple of tackles, um, trying to prevent the goal. And um, I think wasn't it who was taken down. We had, we had some Aiden Nolan was taken down or somebody but uh, it's definitely something that's creeping in a lot and I know now Willie you'd say the same thing if there's a guy tearing in on goal stop him by any means possible stop him we got just going back to that we actually got yellow cards very early the last day for silly little fouls like Kevin was on a sweeper yellow card after about 15 minutes and Joe Connor was on another yellow card after about 15-20 minutes as well was it I'm trying to I think I'm right. And About 20, 25, yeah. Yeah, and now, like, you're Martin Connor Whelan and you're the last line of defence and Kevin, you know, like, if, if somebody beats the backs, Kevin is the next up to, to wait or bring a man down and you're, you're kind of living on the edge back there and does that take away from the intensity you start going at the game a little bit because you're worried about picking up a, another yellow? So whether the ref were giving them out a little bit easy, column lines last day, or whether the lads were persistently fouling. And maybe that happens when you're second to the ball you know, that, that you, you naturally have to foul. But it was something that was probably happening to us too easy the, la- the last day. Do you know that um, we were getting caught? I don't yeah, think I mean, we could have any complaints about the, the yellows we did get for that kind of thing. 
Eddie Brennan was doing a lot of complaining um, after the leash game. Um, there was a couple of uh, high tackles or shoulders to the head that he wasn't particularly happy with. And after receiving a few of those, they're not nice. And I think they are a red card offence if, 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 if it is blatant. But, um, Hodge so Collins nearly decapitated you one day. You got, a, you got him sent off the poor little lad. That was the start of the helmet rule. Yeah. <laughs> Thought it would be named after me, really. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. It, it, it worked, though. It worked. No, we only drew that day. Ah, uh, well. <laughs> we, got, we, got, we, got, we got to fight another day. There was no one happier than Keith Roster, I remember, because he was trying to... <laughs> he was trying to keep a rope around him there for the first half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's gone as well. Sorry, forgot to talk about him. He's, He's gone, gone to the McInerney... We have to expect McInerney to be back because that wasn't really a red, was it? Oh, it was very soft. Oh, my God, yeah. Now, obviously, if you use the hurl, you know, there's going to be something in it, but there was nothing. And he basically pushed him with the, pushed him with the boss of the hurl, I think. Wasn't that it? Do, do yeah. we know that that's what the red was for? There was nothing off camera or anything, was there? Well, James Owens who called it on the sidelines. Maybe there was something that we didn't, that we didn't see there, but... I don't think they're as likely to overturn them maybe as, as they used to be, are they? They're very much seemingly kind of standing up for the refs now that the decisions are... Has there been that many red cards overturned in the last in the recent few years? Like Harry Kyo um, went up to the appeal for Tyg de Borca in 17 and they, remember they wouldn't let him off and Conor Gleeson was suspended for the All-Ireland Final. Do you remember for the... The thing Austin Gleeson got off actually, and it was scandalous that he got off. Remember in seventeen yeah. for the All Ireland, but um, you you got one a couple of years ago, Willie. You were probably happy enough with it. No, we didn't. He was still suspended. He missed the first round of the Leinster <laughs> club. Yeah, but he, he played the one that you wanted. Yeah, but he, it wasn't overturned though. That was a different. The decision was deferred, Ben. There's a Just difference defer, in that. Okay. And he, My bad. His suspension was upheld, and he missed the Camaros game. <laughs> I, th- I think the problem lies, lads, if, 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 you have a, if you have a linesman that wants to make an impact and he's the one that calls it, there's no hope then. <laughs> there's, there's no hope. Mm. We, uh, we had young Dylan Whelan got pulled last year with the minors against Kilkenny, was it? Um, mm. After the first few minutes where uh, it was like, uh, it was, uh, it was, he caught a guy by the, by the side of the helmet with his, with his hand or something uh, by mistake. Like it, was, it wasn't blatant. And, that was uh, Sean Stack who called that day. Did you know that? Was it really okay? Yeah, he was doing line that day. Yeah, he's doing. He's refing the senior games now. Sean Stack. Yeah, I think if you go anywhere near the helmet lads at all, you're asking for trouble. And I still can't understand when you see there is there. You'd see it now in a lot of rooks, um, where there's guys going in, you know, head high, um, pulling, pulling. Pulling people, there is there is coaches out there that will be training uh, players to clear rooks like rugby, um, but you just have to be very very um, secure in in how you do that. Um, yeah, that's why another Paddy thing, Smith went for the ankles <laughs> and nearly got knocked out. But uh, I know Michael Dignan was talking a, a bit about um, tackling high, and that is something, all right. And guys are gone really, really good at playing for freeze. You have to. It's it's actually very hard. So if you stand a man up, especially if they're a smaller player, they are going for your arm. <laughs> they are going for your arm to try and um, grab the arm and drag, drag it over your own shoulder, and then just let, yeah. let them fall on top of you. Yeah, it's the oldest trick in the book, but like it works, and it's very, very hard. Like how do you how do you coach anyone to? Like, what do you do? Tell him to get out of the way? Um, I don't know. He's a big loss for them. If he misses, he's a huge loss for them. He is. He, was, um, he brought a lot. He was playing middle of the field, wasn't he? Um, he brought a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, driving forward. Um, big leader as well. As you said earlier, Willie, they definitely don't have the same, same amount of leaders as we do. Um, so we need Hello. to use that to our benefit. Back on to Cork and Tip. Who were we tipping there? I'll go tip by four. I think I'm going to go for Cork after everything I said about him. I just like, <laughs> I just like, I really, really liked um, the attitude of the younger players, especially Robbie O'Flynn and um, Dickie Dalton. You know, I just, 
I just liked what they brought to it. It's probably not as much. And there's probably not as much pressure from the management team as you would think. Like, you know, they're thinking long term. They're thinking they're there for three years, I think, and they're trying to get a lot of these young players through. Maybe they'll play with a bit of abandon rather than a, a more mature team that has a lot to lose. Um, like Tip, for example. So, I, know I, I, I reckon, um, especially with the impact that they can bring off the bench, I reckon Lahan and Cadigan and these guys will be on the bench again. Uh, they have a lot of pace. They're well able to get a lot of shots off. It's whether they'll have the same tackling and intensity. If they start with that tackling and intensity from the beginning, they'll win the match be three or four points, I think. Ben? I was going to go with Tip. Now Davey's after convincing me of Cork. But um, <laughs> I'll stick with Tip. I just, I'm just not sure Cork know what they're doing. They have just as good players, but I'm not sure they know what they're doing just yet, like how they're playing and who to play. Like Patrick Horgan to me, has to be in the full forward line. You know, he has to have a definitive role, but I'm not, like, I, do, I, I like the two lads who were in there the other day, in uh, Dalton and Jack O'Connor, but I'm not sure they're, they'll bring the scoring power. And I'll say, Davey, twisted my arm, go Cork. So we're split down the middle. I just think Cork's pace, Tipperary aren't the quickest. Cork have so many pace, Pacey player that could cause them trouble. I think they will. Lads, the thing is with Tipperary as well, like they're already missing um, a couple of experienced players in Seamus Kennedy. I'm not sure if he's back. Um, Paddy Marr went off, didn't he? Like I've never, I don't think was that the first. That's the first time I've seen him being taken off. Anyway, I know he could have been injured or probably wasn't fully fit. Um, and they had another injury as well the previous, uh, the last day. So. I know they've got a lot of good talent coming through after winning those under-20 All-Irelands. There's talk of them changing the team around. There's talk of Nile O'Mara right half-back. He plays centre-back for his club. There's talk of him going back right half-back. McCormick, you'd have to expect. Yeah, it's Dan McCormick, that was it. And, and Alan Flynn to go back cornerback with Carl Barrett. See Lachnan's quote about Lognan says, if Davey thinks any of us are fucking believing that he has 10 different formations, <laughs> 13 pick hooks, he basically slates them like, saying, would you ever cop on and just go and hurl? He slates Claire today as well, though. I saw what he said about Claire. Apart from Tony <laughs> Kelly, they're all barely above John McDonough's standard. <laughs> oh, go away. We had, that, we, 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 had, we had that ourselves 10 years ago as well, lads. Yeah. Those comments were being thrown out about ourselves as well. Well, lads, I think we've taken enough of your time. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, for, thanks very much for coming on again, lads. No problem. Friends uh, of the podcast. Yeah. Hopefully, we get an opportunity nice. to come on again, lads, before the years. Yeah. Out. Hopefully. Now we were planning on doing a bit more on the provincial finals, but we had Shane Tompkins lined up to chat with us about them, but he couldn't make it, unfortunately. So. We'll have a bit of a chat now. Uh, Willie was saying earlier that he predicted Waterford would be in the quarterfinals. So he's obviously thinking that Limerick will win. And they've been pretty impressive up till now. In They've won both games against Clare and Tipperary. And everything looks everything about them looks pretty formidable. What do you think about that monster final, Gary? Yeah, well, I'd have to agree. I, I would be expecting... Waterford to be in the quarterfinals and Limerick to go on and win and I just wonder again are we are we taking Waterford's win over Cork for granted considering Cork did look fairly impressive against Dublin they shot a lot of wides against Waterford at the same time so you know that meant that Waterford were letting a lot of shots in against them so I I, I couldn't see anything other than, than a Limerick win they, they have they've ticked every box so far and just the manner of their performance against Tipperary in an absolute storm was just so impressive. They're phenomenal. I personally think it's just six forwards. I think when you have three inside forwards, we'll say, even though Galan stays in, who are so good, and then they can all score, they're all a threat. And then their three half forwards can come out and help with the midfield. But not only they, they can come out and help, they can score from back there as well. So they're a threat no matter where they are. Yeah, but I, I said it in the last podcast, the spread of scores. I mean, there's Galan with 2-6, two, 
And then there was five other forwards, I think, with two points each. And then three lads coming on to all score as well. And that was three lads coming on against that wind. And in that storm, the strengths are everywhere, all over the pitch, mainly in the forwards and on the bench, which, yeah, Limerick. Limerick all day. A very settled team as well. And the other provincial final, Galway and Kilkenny. It'll probably give us, as Wexford people, a little, little benchmark of where we were, maybe. If Galway win, we'll know we were beaten by a quality side. We know that anyway, but I'd be expecting actually Galway to win with a few points to spare. I think they're quality side and they've had it, they have it, had it over Kilkenny in the last couple of years. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be too sure. And I think the, the Wexford Clare match will probably give Wexford a better benchmark because that'll be on Saturday at two o'clock before the before the Leinster final. So we'll, we'll know a lot more about Wexford from that. But that is, I know... That's I, very fair, Guy. Very <laughs> fair. <laughs> I did. I mean, Galway were super impressive. But, uh, you know, it's, it's so hard to judge any of the teams after one performance. Kilkenny in the first half against Dublin just blew them out of the water. And it's so unlike a Kilkenny team to see what happened in that second half. So it's it's going to be tight. Like I don't think there'll be a lot in it either way. I, if you want to go Galway, I'll take Kilkenny just so one of us can be right. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, I'm expecting three or four points. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just looking, I'm, I'm going back to the first half of the Kilkenny Dublin game, and if Kilkenny can, you know, even get. 90% of that performance for the 70 minutes I, I find it like I, I was I was just thinking Kilkenny all the talk about them all the hype about them was re, was right after that first half against Dublin they just looked fantastic and I don't know what to make in the second half we'll find out on Sunday but I'll, I'll stick with Kilkenny I think Galway are a little more I know they have a new manager but I just think they're a little more settled team as well for some reason, even though they have a few new players. But I think all those players, players, a lot of those players won in All-Ireland in 17. And they've been, like Concanon, they're saying he's new, but he's been around the panel for a few years. Finton Burke, they're saying he's new, but he's been around the panel for a few years. I think Galway just, they have quality players. Not that Kilkenny don't, but I think Galway have serious quality players. Yeah, well, I, I, I think Galway targeted that Wexford match really well and got the tactical battle right and stop Wexford playing the running game but they had so much time to do that whereas he won't have that much time to try come up with a plan for the Kilkenny game and I don't know teams try plan against Kilkenny but it doesn't always work Kilkenny just play their way and they're good at it they're good at hurling <laughs> they're, they're in Kilkenny they ex- expert analysis from Gary Dorn <laughs> Kenny are good at hurling. <laughs> okay, we'll uh, we'll leave her there, um, and we'll be back next week, chatting hopefully about a win and a preview to a quarter final. Hopefully, thanks yeah. everyone for tuning in. Take care. It's a pity that Shane couldn't um, drop by. Most importantly, I'd like to thank you, the people of Wexford. Who stuck with us through taking pain? Hurry, Wexford!